talk about is, because um, Pastor Gary and I have been having this running conversation lately, and, uh, and, and it's really, what it's about is making Jesus real to you. Making Jesus real to you. And I want to, um, for background information, what I like to do anyways, and I'll do it by review, because review, the more you hear it, the more you get it. Faith comes by hearing, right? So Pastor Gary's New Year's Revelations. Number one, believe in the Lord your God. And that's going to be part of what we're talking about, believing in him. If you don't believe that there's a God, how are you going to make it real to you? How are you going to make Jesus real to anybody else that you see, that you come up, you know, that you come across, especially in this day and age, with all the stuff that's going on, people need Jesus. Amen. So believe in the God and your God, the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe in his prophets, so shall you prosper. Number two, fear not. Especially now, fear not. Amen. Uh, you are complete in him. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For, uh, for as much as you know that your labor is never, never, never in vain in the Lord. And mine. Bedrock truths, number one, God cannot lie. His word is true. We can trust him. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Based on these two verses of um, believe in the Lord your God, and Jesus is the same yesterday, and today, and forever. Because as he is, so are we. And God is a good God. Amen. So again, it's called let make Jesus real to you. People talk about a past tense Jesus or a future tense Jesus. They talk about what he did back then or what he's going to do when he comes again. But what about now? What about in this present time? What about what's going on today? Where is Jesus? Is he real to you? Is he real enough to you that you can walk through any situation? with your eyes wide open and speaking to that thing and seeing changes happen because of the words in your mouth and because of the uh, because of the relationship that you have with Jesus because he's that real to you that what he said to you is true and that he does not lie amen woo hallelujah so hebrews 13:8 please thank you sir Hebrews 13.8 for all you other people. Hebrews 13.8. Where's your woo? There you go. Don't you hang, don't you hang on to your woo? <laughs> you got to let that thing go, man. <laughs> Amen. It says Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. In the, me in the Message Bible, it says that for Jesus doesn't change. Yesterday, today, tomorrow, he is always totally himself. Isn't that good? He's always totally himself. Whether it's yesterday, whether it's today, whether it's tomorrow, he is the same. And in Acts 10, 38, it talks about how God went, how Jesus went about, what? Doing good, healing all who, that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him yesterday, today, and forever. As he is, so were we. God was with us, God is with us, and God will continue to be with us. Amen? All right, let's go to um, Acts chapter 1, please. Acts chapter 1. Again, making Jesus real to you. What do you got to do to make Jesus real to you? Practically speaking, um, verse 7. And it says, And he said unto them, 
It is not for you to know the times nor the seasons. People are getting all weirded about weirded out about the times and the seasons. And it's, it's not to you to, to decide that. This is not up to you to, to know the times and our seasons, which the Father has put in his own power. But don't concentrate on the times and the seasons. Concentrate on verse 8. He says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That's what you want to focus on. Amen. Why? So you shall be witnesses unto me. You have the power to shower. Come on now. You shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Dartmouth and in, in Halifax and to all the uttermost part, parts of the earth. Ecom, seekum. <laughs> Wherever that is, I heard about it. I'm not from here. I'm an import. Praise the Lord. Verse 9, when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was, while they were watching him, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. While they looked steadfastly towards heaven, as he went by and went up, behold, two men stood by, by them in white apparel, which also said, You men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? So many people are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. Heaven's there, we're here. On earth as it is in heaven. We're supposed to be bringing heaven. Come on now. We're supposed to be bringing heaven down to earth. And setting people free. Being witnesses. Why? Because we have power to shower. Amen. He says, verse 11. Which also, he said, you men of Galilee. Why you stand, uh, you gazing up into heaven. This same Jesus. See, this same Jesus, Jesus is the same. What he did yesterday, he's doing today, and he's going to do it tomorrow. And come on now. Making Jesus real to you today. It says, this same Jesus which is taken up from you into, into heaven, so also come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Right? He's coming. And you'll see him. But in the meantime, get to know him. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3, please. Making Jesus real. How can you make somebody real unless you know him? I know it's deep. <laughs> Philippians 3, verse 10. And it's just the first part of the verse. That I may know him. That was his, that was his heart's cry. That I might know him in the power of his resurrection. The New Living Translation says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. He wants to know and, and, and to experience him. We need to know and to experience him. The more that you know, the more that you experience him, the more real he becomes in your life. Amplified, oh, uh, message. I can't, I can't stop this one. Message, I gave up all that inferior stuff. I gave up all that inferior stuff so I could know Christ personally. He wants a person. Come on now. We need to know a personal Jesus. Somebody that's so real to you is just as real as, as your best friend. That's what he wants to be. Amen. Ooh, it's live over there, isn't it? I will go back over to this side. It says, so that I can know Christ personally and experience his resurrection power. <clears throat> Amplified. For I determined, I purposed that I may know him and that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. So this whole thing, it's not a one-time shot. It's progressive. Every day, 
Come on now, every moment. Oh, come as you breathe. <sighs> okay, I'm getting to know him even more. Amen. It says that uh, it <laughs> become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving, recognizing, and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. Now he wants you to see clearly now who he is. Right? He wants to be, come on, he wants to know, so that way you get to know him in such a real way that is so cl abundantly clear that you know Jesus more than you know people. Passion. I, continue, I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus. Continually long, come on, when you long for something. Mm but it's a continually it's a continual longing to know the wonders of Jesus more fully and to experience the overflowing power of his resurrection working in me working in you working in us working in this church glory to god amen that's where we are right now we're on this quest come on pastor gary's been talking about the glory well, who's the author? Jesus even said, the glory, Lord, that you gave me, I have given them. Well, we don't want to skip the middle part, the glory that God gave to Jesus. We need to know Jesus so that when he gives that glory to us, which he already has done, we can receive it even more fully and walk in that. Amen. <laughs> Don't you dare go to sleep. All right. Uh, Philippians chapter three. Listen to this in a New Living Translation. Uh, I'm going to read uh, Philippians three, three to nine. If you if you can pop that up in, new, in the uh, New Living. No pressure. You got this. It's fromage. That would be cheese for the layperson. It says we put no confidence in human effort. We put no confidence in human effort. Though I could have confidence in my own effort, if anyone could, indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. This is Paul bragging on himself. Not this Paul, the other one. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew, if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, <laughs> I obeyed the law without fault. That man was some full of himself. Verse 7, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because what Christ has done. Come on. He was all that, and he said, I'm going to throw that away. That's worthless. And verse 8, yes, everything, is, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Come on, we need to get to know him even more. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. That's in verse eight in the Passion. To truly, to truly know him meant letting go of everything from my past. 
Are you ready to let go of everything from your past to get to know him? To walk, there's your past, you're walking away from it. Why? Because you've got a new future that he's waiting to give to you. As you get to know him, he's going to unfold. There's a new book. There's a new chapter being written for your life and my life. But we can't go, we can't take a step forward hanging on to, to the past. Got to let it go. It says, to truly know him, man, letting go of everything from my past, throwing all my boastings on the garbage heap. It's all like a pile of manure to me now, so that I, I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Christ Jesus or Jesus Christ and embracing him as Lord in all of his greatness. Lord in all of his greatness. That's why we were singing, Great Are You, Lord. You couldn't have more, handpicked those songs today. Come on. I didn't tell you what I was preaching on. <laughs> First John chapter 2. Please. First John chapter 2. <clears throat> Verse 3. In the New Living tra uh, Translation, it says, We can be sure that we know him. Making Jesus real to you. We can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. Sounds pretty easy to me. You get to know him by obeying what he says. If Verse 4, if someone claims I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. Verse 5, but those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. Well, if he's real, you're not going to want to hurt him. You're not going to do those things that are going to make him feel bad. Right? Right? Okay. That's how we know we're living in him. Verse 6. Those who say they live in God should uh, live their lives as Jesus did. Now listen to this in the Passion. Here's how we can be sure that we've truly come to know God if we keep his commandments. If someone claims, verse 4, I have come to know God by experience, yet doesn't keep God's commandments, he's a phony. He's a phony. We, <laughs> anyways, praise the Lord. Um, the truth finds no place in him. Verse 5, but the love of God will be perfected within the one who obeys God's word. See, the, the more word that you obey, the more perfected or mature you become in him. Right? And the more you get to know him. Because you're hanging out with him. It says that we can be sure we've truly come to live in intimacy with God, not just by saying, I'm intimate with God. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Jesus, I love, I love, I love you. <laughs> no. You can't, not just by saying I'm intimate with God, but by walking in the footsteps of Jesus. If you don't spend time with him, how can you walk in his footsteps? Pastor told me this years and years ago when I first got saved. He said, um, when you're walking with the Lord, back in the day, way back, way back when, they used to have these lanterns, and they only had like a, a two to three foot lighting thing. And, you, and he said that the word is a lamp. So you had to careful steps. Because outside of that lamp could be a trap, could be a hole, could be a cliff. And so if you're walking in the footsteps of Jesus, realize that he's already stepped there. 
So you're just walking it through, right? And all of a sudden, these path, all his, his steps go this way. Why? Because there's a big trap over here. And he's trying to save you from that trap. Well, Jesus, you just don't want me to have fun. John 17, verses 1 to 5. Passion. Passion. Verse 1. This is what Jesus prayed as he looked up into heaven. Father, the time has come. Unveil the glorious splendor of your son so that I will magnify your glory. Look at verse 2. You have already given me authority over all people so that I may give the gift of eternal life to all of those that you have given to me. And he just said, I have already given, uh, um, you've given, you've already given me authority over all people so that I may give the gift of eternal life to all of those that you've given me. What a God we serve. Verse three, in case you don't know what eternal life is, eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God and to know and to experience Jesus Christ. Make Jesus real to you. How are you going to do that? By knowing and experiencing him as the son whom you have sent. Verse 4, I have glorified you on the earth by faithfully doing everything that you've told me to do. So, my father, restore me back to the glory that we shared together when we were face to face before the universe was created. Can you imagine spending time with Jesus face to face? Come on now. You can ask him, so what do you think about this? What do you think about that? This COVID thing, what's your thoughts? Under my feet? Come on. So I looked at the word experience. In the Webster's 1828 uh, dictionary, it says, to know by practice or trial. You get to know him by practice and by trial, trial and error. To gain knowledge or skill by practice or by a series of observations. Listen to this in dictionary.com. Experience practical contact with, observation of facts or events, being involved with, participating in, contact with, acquaintance with, exposure to, to be aware of, familiarity with, understanding of, and insight into. Woohoo! Uh, and you wrap that all together tight in a bow, and it's called spending time with him. Amen. <laughs> he wants us to do that. He wants us to experience him. Making him real. When you spend a kind of time with him, he's gonna rub off all over you, and then you're gonna be just doing te- Acts 10 38. You're gonna do good. Because it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to compel you to do good, right? Jesus was moved with compassion, and then he started healing people. Well, when compassion starts to grab you and grip you, you're going to be automatically, you're going to be attracted to these people that are sick and hurt and buttoned and busted and disgusted, so you can fix them. You're going to be walking around like fixers. Amen. That's a good thing. Hallelujah. In John 17, 3, it says, this is life eternal, that they may know that they, we, might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you sent. 
Come on, we need to know him. Now, know, I looked that up, and the vines. And it says, to be absolutely aware of. To know him. To be absolutely aware of. To feel. Oh, yeah, feel. To, to, to have knowledge of. To be sure of. It signifies to be taken in knowledge. To come to know. To recognize. To understand. To understand completely. And that you may know. And they said, it says this in the vines. That, that they may know. And an A-O-R-T-I-S, aortis tense, which is the most common tense for referring to action in the past. So he wants you to know, he wants you to know him from the past, right? From the past or the beginning and understand, which means to the present tense. So he wants to know, he wants you to know him from the beginning and to where you are and where he is right now, making Jesus real to you. <laughs> Come on now. He wants to make Jesus real. And we, he wants to make himself real to you and to me. Did you get that? Okay. So number one, we start as disciples. We start as disciples. And, and um, so you start looking up some, some of these words, disciples. In the vines, it talks about being a learner. So the disciples were learners. One who follows one's teaching. And, and uh, we, this is a familiar scripture in John chapter 8, um, verse 31 and 32. Jesus said to the people who believed them, You are truly my disciples if you, if you remain faithful to my teachings, or you continue in my word, and that word, well, what? Because you'll know the truth, and the, and the knowledge of the truth that you know will make you free. The knowledge of the truth that you know, that you know, that you participate in that you experience, that you know is real to you, will make you free. Not just a whole bunch of words. You got to make them real to you. Amen. In John 13, 35, the New Living Translation, it says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Our love to one another will prove to the world. That's why we don't fight here. We love each other here. Right? Why? Because we're proven that we're, we're learners. Um, John 15, 8, New Living, it says, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. And that brings great glory to my Father. Now, again, another side note with, with vines, it says, a disciple was not only a pupil, but a follower, a supporter, or a devotee. Hence, they are spoken of as imitators of their teacher. If you are called a, a disciple of Jesus, you are, people looking at you, if you say, yeah, I'm a disciple of Jesus, the people are going to look at you and say, oh, you're an imitator of him, are you? Watch and see. Watch and see. Are you sick? I'll lay hands on you. Yeah. Watch and see. So you start as a, as a disciple, then we become friends. Right? And John, let's go to John 15, please. John 15. And that's really, it's, it's like the um, pro, the laws of progression. You start out as a disciple. 
Then you become a friend. And in John 15, we'll take it at um, verse 5. Let me know when you're there. Okay, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For nothing, or for without me, you can do nothing. But on the other hand, with him, you can do everything. Right? Just don't say, don't keep it at the negative. Flip that thing around and say, okay, you know what? So in verse six, if a man abide not in me, his cast forth, his cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them, cast them into the fire and they are burned. That is not us. Verse seven, if you abide in me, my words abide in you, shall ask what you will, it shall be done to you. Verse eight, here in my, herein, in here, is my father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. Continue. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you. Why? Because you're getting to know him. And that your joy may be full. Why? Because you got the power to shower all over you now. Talking about overflow. And this is my commandment that you love one another as I've loved you. Unconditional. Unconditional. In spite of us, he loves us. <laughs> verse 13, greater love has no man than this, and a man lay down his life for his friends. And verse 14, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. See, we become friends. James uh, 2.23, it says that the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God, it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Why? Spent time. Got to know him. Amen? Hallelujah. And the message, it says, the full meaning of believe in the scripture sense, Adam, and that's what it says. And so they're going to actually give you a definition of believe. Adam believed God and was, and was set right with God includes his action. That is, it's that mesh of believing and acting that got Abraham named God's friend. Isn't that cool? It's that mesh of believing and acting that got Abraham named God's friend. When you believe and act on what you believe, act on what you know, act on what you've been taught, you're going to become his friend. Now, I, I, I had to look. I've been looking up a bunch of stuff. Definition of a true friend. Listen to this. Someone who has your back no matter what. I know people like that. I have a, I have a true friend like that. I have, a, I have a true friend like that. He's usually here. Who would that be? <laughs> it's someone who has your back no matter what. They watch out for you and ensure that you're not in danger. They will never purposely lead you into making decisions that are not good for you. Does that not sound like our pastor? A true friend will always have your best interests at heart. Does that not sound like our pastor here? Come on now, he has your back no matter what. And a pastor is there to, to uh, I remember Doc Barclay said this. Pastors are to feed the sheep. Milk the goats. 
because a goat's not there for long. So you get what you can out of them. But then you chase away the wolves. And some, there's been some wolves here that have been chased away. People are saying, why are you chasing away the wolf? Because they're a wolf. Chase them away. Why? Because he's, he's got our best interests at heart. Again, a true friend, someone who has your back no matter what. They watch out for you. Ensure that you're not in danger. He, this, is a, this is a safe place to be. Even if it's a dangerous situation that comes around, we, we make sure that it's fixed. Right? They will never purposely lead you into making decisions that are not good for you. A true friend will always have your best interests at heart. So you start as a disciple. You become a friend. Number three, now we're family. Let's go to Matthew chapter 12. We are family. Uh, that song's just been earworm. I'm going to show that into your lives. Take it. When we leave out of here, we are family. Come on, you know that one. Come on. I got all my children with me. Okay, anyways, praise the Lord. Okay, so. Hallelujah. Uh, Matthew chapter 12. Are you there? Verse 46. And when he yet talked to the people, behold, his mother and his brother stood outside, desiring to speak with him. They didn't even come to church with him. Did not come. Verse 47. Then one said unto him, Behold, your mother and your brothers stand outside without, desiring to speak with you. And, and Jesus said, But he answered and said unto him that told him, Who is my mother? Who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand towards his disciples and said, Behold, my mother and my brothers and sisters. For whosoever shall do the will of my Father, which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister in mother. Listen to this in the Passion, last verses. Um, while Jesus was yet, uh, while Jesus was still speaking to the crowds, his mother and his brothers came, stood outside asking for him to come out and speak with them. And someone said, look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside wanting to have a word with you. But Jesus just looked at him and said, let me introduce you to my true, let me introduce you to my true mother and brothers. Then gesturing to the disciples gathered around him, he said, look closely. Look closely. That's what we can do too at one another. Look closely for this is my true family. When you obey my heavenly father, that makes you part of my true family. Family means nobody gets left behind. Nobody gets forgotten. We're family. Nobody gets behind. Nobody gets forgotten. Because we're family. We're family here. It's a family church. Nobody gets left behind. Nobody gets forgotten. But what if they choose to walk away? That's their choice. But as far as we're concerned, nobody gets left behind. Nobody gets forgotten. Why? Because we have made Jesus real to us. We're family. It's a family thing. Church is a family thing. That's what we do. Thought for today. 
If you stay ready, you won't have to get ready. If you stay ready, you won't have to get ready. If you stay filled up, you won't have to get ready. Right? How many times have you had to go pray? You're asked to go pray for somebody, and you know you didn't pray that morning. And all of a sudden, in your mind, you're going, I can't pray. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. It's not all about you. But again, if you stay ready, you won't have to get ready. And so that's what we teach. So y'all teach a lot of word in this place. Yeah, because we want you to stay ready or stay at the ready. Stay ready to be ready. Why? Because there's a lost and dying world out there waiting for us to do what Jesus did. Amen. Amen. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.